Welcome to another edition of the OUinsider.com podcast. I'm RJ Young. It's Brandon Drum on the line. Brandon, it's good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, after about 20 minutes of technical difficulties, uh, we're going to wing this thing. I've, so. I've done it before. It's fine, dude. Um, <laughs> you went on a trip to L.A. where, among other things, you got to see some recruits. Uh, do you want to run those down real quick? Yeah, we can. Um, I got to see uh, Damani Jackson, a 2021 four-star uh, DB, uh, long, lanky guy. Um, just, I mean, super athletic. I'll tell you what, at the Under Armour camp, they gave him more attention than anybody else. And that, that was because um, several of the guys that – uh, Oklahoma is definitely in on. Uh, they didn't. They weren't really, you know, working out because it was a cold, cold, rainy day. Uh, it wasn't the best, uh, I guess, the weather. So there was a lot of issues out there. Uh, as far as that, uh, several of the guys decided they didn't want to go, uh, which is fine. Uh, they, uh, I got to talk to him more or less because of that. So uh, there was several guys like Jalen Davies that uh, he's a cornerback at a modern day that is really, really close with uh, Jeremiah Cradell. OU Nickelback, safety, cornerback, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's moved multiple positions while he's at Oklahoma. Um, he uh, talked about how Jeremiah Cradell loves it out there, out here in Oklahoma. Uh, out there, so... Uh, I would expect Oklahoma to be in it with Jalen Davies. He's a 6'1", about 170, 175-pound cornerback, four-star cornerback out of modern day, high school in California. Uh, Good kid, really liked it. He talked about when Lincoln Riley came in, which I thought was a cool story to modern day, and he said, hey, Lincoln Riley came in, and he wanted uh, to make sure that we saw him, uh, and he was talking about him and a couple other kids. And I said, well, what is that like out there when Lincoln Riley walks in? And he said, Lincoln Riley, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney. Those are the three dudes when they walk in that you just kind of everybody starts buzzing. So that kind of shows you where Oklahoma stands with West Coast kids as far as the head coach goes. And uh, just kind of the stature that Lincoln Riley already has in three years as a head coach, which is pretty impressive. If you actually look look at it, um, so and I heard that from multiple people, and I guess the other thing I heard about was Jamar Cain. I mean, that guy is beloved on the West Coast, and we're talking about the new outside linebackers coach that Lincoln Riley hired out of Arizona State. He was a defensive line coach at Arizona State, landed three of the top thirty players in California. You don't do that at Arizona State if you're not a good recruiter or have really good connections on the West Coast. Um, so I thought that was uh, a pretty cool deal. And then, ironically, on the way home uh, from – we had a connection flight. My wife and I had a connecting flight in Phoenix. Jamar Cain sat a uh, seat away from me. <laughs> so I thought my wife sat to my right and Jamar Cain sat to the right of her. So I thought that was pretty funny. And we had no idea until after the plane when he was standing next to uh, Clark Stroud at the baggage claim because uh, I knew I recognized his face. But I couldn't recognize, you know, uh, I couldn't put a, put who it was until I saw him talking to uh, Clark Stroud, the uh, Sooners uh, 
what is he? He's a football operations, right? That's right. Director of football Director operations. Football operations. Um, they were talking at the baggage claim because Clark Stroud had flown in from Denver, apparently, from snowboarding and skiing. So I thought that was pretty funny. Nah, it's uh, good stuff. How was the news of DeMarco Murray received there? DeMarco is considered a very, very, very likable guy. Uh, I spoke actually to – I bumped into some Bishop Gorman people. And in speaking to them, they were very uh, complimentary of him in saying that he – guy they said that he struggled i guess to start learning what you could and um it, it, it was one of those deals where demarco one of those deals one of those deals where demarco kind of he had to learn on the fly so it was really really hard for him i mean and, and they said he finally picked up on it but he's going to make a big bang in uh, Las Vegas. They, I mean, they talked about several guys, and they said if DeMarco Murray comes in and offers, they said instantly, instantly. Uh, there was a couple of running backs offered uh, in the 2021 class, uh, and one of them was there. Uh, being that, And I have to go back and look at my notes at the name, actually, and I'm doing that right now. Um, but uh, they were – it was uh, – He's considered an up-and-coming guy, a guy that everybody kind of liked. Um, but uh, other than that, it's – and I don't have it in my notes, obviously. But uh, they think that he's – they think the world of him out there, actually. They really do. And uh, they think he's going to be – one guy from Gorman told me they think he's going to be an NFL offensive coordinator within the next five years. And I thought that was pretty high praise. No, it's a nice trajectory, um, and I think that's on par with what Kevin Sumlin was saying about DeMarco Murray and one of the reasons that he hired him without any coaching experience at all. You put together some uh, pretty good team notes over the last few days, man. Uh, hats off. You want to go through some of those uh, going back to Thursday and into Monday? Yeah, you tell me what, what, what ones you want to talk about, and we can, we can dive into those. Okay, uh, let's start um, with the players that are – on campus, there was a nice note about Marvin Mims, uh, early enrollee. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's been able to flourish. <laughs> okay, so Marvin Mims, and this I've actually spoken to probably about four or five people about him. Um, this guy ran a 4-3. It was hand-timed, but it was a 4-3. doesn't matter. That means he's probably in the 4-4 range, which means he's going to be blowing by people. I mean, that's that's, you know, it's not so much Hollywood Brown speed, but it's fast enough that he can stretch the field and he's so, he's fast enough and, and so fast that they've moved him to the outside with Rambo. So now he's outside with Rambo and they moved Jaden Hazelwood inside of the slot. I'm told. So I thought that was an interesting move. So now you have bridges, Jaden Hazelwood. Um, I'm trying to think of guys off the top of my head that are other slot guys, but uh, uh, it, it's a, it's a good mixture of guys in the slot. Then obviously Austin Stogner on the other side with, uh, Jalen Conyers when he comes in, uh, and then uh, you could obviously move several other guys in Stogner's position. The bigger guys, uh, the uh, how, how do you pronounce the the new transfer's name? You'll have to say it because I don't want to mispronounce Obialo. it. Obialo, 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 Obialo will be. 
another guy on that side as one of those bigger Lee Morris type guys that'll play with the tight ends over there in their inside wide receiver position. But Mims is a guy that flashes. They say once in 707, if he gets behind you, you're done. Like, and Oklahoma has speed on the back end, and we can talk about that here in just a bit. But um, they have speed on the back end, and, and they say that he kind of struggles a little bit with being pressed pressed on but that 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 they say that comes i mean that that's part of you know being a new guy uh and and playing against dudes that are they're grown men compared to 17 18 year olds you're you're dealing with you know 21 22 year old kids so i mean it's it's a completely different realm as far as strength goes so marvin mims is showing out doing really well uh ran a four three uh he's flashed he's turned heads and everybody kind of says that he's He's going to be a big deal eventually while he's at Oklahoma. You also had a really great note about Trey Brown and uh, the defensive backs. Uh, yeah, uh, he's taking on a leadership role. Um, Trey Brown obviously runs a – he's always going to run the 4-3, four 4-4s, four uh, maybe closer to the low 4-3s most of the time. I didn't get an exact time. The person just said he ran the usual 4-3, four 4-4s. Four it wasn't, it's just one of the, it's now it's ho-hum with him when he runs really fast. And that's where we're at with Trey because he's got elite speed. We've seen it. We saw it against Baylor when he chased a dude down from 60 yards. So, um, that's nothing new, but Bryson Washington at the nickel position ran a four, five, one and a four, four, eight. Uh, he's got a lot of speed. He's really fast. Um, he's, he's long lanky at six, two, 200 pounds. I was told they would like him to be 205, between 205, 207 uh, come August uh, and hopefully still have that 451, 448 speed at the nickel spot because that's going to give them a lot of, you know, flexibility with him, with his with his height, with his, with his length, uh, being able to cover his space, being able to come down and fill the lanes on running. And then obviously you're going to have Justin Harrington coming in. And I'm told from several people that everybody expects – when he gets in there in June to really light it up because he's been through the college, you know, stuff before it's different at division one, but they think that he's going to be able to adjust and that he just has a different mindset. He's a different type of person and it's really hard to turn away six, three, 215 pound, you know, safety that can run the way he can. I mean, he can flat scoot. So um, there's, there's high expectations for this defensive backfield. Um, Trey Norwood's working at the nickel spot, which I, or not, I'm sorry, corner spot, which I think is very, very, it's a good spot for him. Uh, he was a, he was a decent cornerback when he was younger. Uh, I think another year, I think the aggressiveness in Grinch's uh, allowing him to use his four, 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 three speed that Trey Norwood has always encompassed is going to be good. He's always had long arms. He wasn't so much tall, but he had length. He was a, he was going to be able to press you. And I don't, I don't think in Mike Stoops' system, playing him back and i'm sure you agree with this it didn't fit him at all but when you they when he was allowed to be aggressive he made plays and so i think you know alex grinch okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is going to be big. 
I'm interested on your take about who is going to play in the nickel because it feels like everybody has an opportunity to play yeah. the nickel spot because they need so much help there. I know there's a contingent of people that are tired of seeing Buki play that position, but it would also just be nice to see year. somebody who could, one, take it from him, and two, could be a capable number two on the... I mean, when you look at the two deep, and I don't believe it outside of Buki. Uh, all right, so here's the deal. Uh, to me, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, I thought Buki was pretty good at the nickel spot I thought he was year. too, but I'm speaking and on behalf it has of a lot. Okay, so think so here's, here's Well, see if you and I agree on this. Now, I want to turn this into why do people not think he's very good? And let, let's, let's, let's kind of break that apart here a little bit because I don't get it, but I think it has a lot to do with his mishaps as a freshman. And then you, 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 the last thing they saw of him was that stupid play that he did against LSU, where he lunged at the guy like a dumb, one of the dumber plays I've ever seen in person. And but overall, last year, if there was a turnover to be had, guess who was doing it? It was Buki. But people kind of just they don't want to see. I I think it has to do with his size. Number one, number two, what he did during his freshman year, all the mishaps that he had because he came in so ballyhooed, so beloved, and was just kind of given that strong safety spot without even trying. And then number three, it has to do with that play against LSU. So now everybody wants him out. But you have Jeremiah Cradell, which I think is going to end up at cornerback. I spoke to people out on the West Coast. As a matter of fact, I spoke to Armand Hawkins, who is his uh, 7-on-7 coach and the guy that's been basically his father figure for years. And he told me that they're probably going to end up moving him back to cornerback, which is a great move for Jeremiah. I think he's a corner all the way. I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I nickel. They'll give him a shot at nickel because of depth, and they they want to they want to push Bookie. Uh, Bryson Washington's there. I think Bryson Washington and Bookie and Justin Harrington are going to be your nickels come August. Would you agree with that? I think right now. It's hard to say because Bryson Washington is a safety and Jeremiah Cradell at least came in as a safety. The only person I'm comfortable with saying is going to play nickel is Buki, and he's not a nickel. He's a corner that you asked to play that position in two different schemes in back-to-back years. I understand folks don't like his size. Big deal. I think that has a lot to do with it, yeah. Um, I understand that people don't necessarily just like him in the – being assigned five stars by one service or another, one network or another. I also think that it's part of playing at Oklahoma in that one of the things that I've found to be true is people want to know about the kids coming in and they want to put hope into the future that they have not seen because they are disappointed by what they do see. You know, we will spend more time talking about Spencer Rattler, Tanner Mordecai, and even to a degree Tanner Schaefer than we will about anybody who returns at the offensive line. Though I think that's the bigger story, is they're going to be so much better there. But getting back to your question about Buki and the nickel situation, I'd like to see Justin Harrington get a run there, but I wanted to see Chance Silva get run there, and it didn't look great. You know, I didn't. I wanted to see yeah. Trajan Bridges get run there, and it didn't look great. 
it was this rotating group of guys. And then you put Woody Washington into that safety position. Didn't look great. Justin Broyles into that safety position. It didn't look great. There just hasn't been a guy outside of him that I genuinely trust or that, more to the point, Alex Grinch genuinely trust. And maybe it's that he's grading his position a bit harder than others because a man that made a very big noise about, hey, if you can play, I'm going to put you into the game, did not put any safeties into the games unless he true. had injury, right? And one of those safeties was was Buki. It was Buki, Delarian Turner-Yale, and Pat Fields, right? I just I think it's been the same story for Oklahoma for the past four years. Right. They don't have a safety that they trust, and the ones that they do trust that I think are actually going to be pretty good, if not played really great football last year when the defense played great, Pat Fields and Delarian Turner-Yell, not guys that people would have predicted to be your starters. I mean, Delarian Turner-Yell is a linebacker playing safety, and Pat Fields I think is the most bust-proof safety that he has, not unlike John Michael right. Terry when he was healthy. It's not necessarily that – he's the best athlete on the roster at that position. It's that he's the guy that's just not going to make any mistakes and that's valuable, but mm-hmm. maybe Buki was that guy as well because while he made plays, he also didn't have a lot of bust and that's more important to this defensive staff than anything else. They want the guy out there that's not going to make the mistake and that's difficult to recruit because that's football yeah. IQ. That's not athleticism. And then asking guys like Jeremiah Cradell, to change playing safety to playing corner from Woody Washington to playing playing corner to playing safety. I think you're also just trying to teach them a different skill set that quite frankly, they didn't work on in high school because they were playing this and they were being recruited. They thought to do this and that's mm-hmm. not what they're doing. They're doing that. Does that make sense? No, no, no. I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I also think, you know, uh, People, if you're a good athlete, obviously you can play several different positions in football, especially if you're a good defensive back. Uh, I understand nickel. You have to do quite a bit of different things that you have you wouldn't do if you're a corner. I mean, obviously a cornerback, you're not going to be covering a six-seven tight end like you are in the slot inside receiver at the nickel. You know, covering. Uh, I mean, Iowa State. My God. Uh, yeah, but they also ran tight end sets, right? Yes, they did, and that that was a that was a struggle. And you saw the same thing with Moss. I mean, LSU. There was a struggle because of the size difference. So you and would Eric think that Justin Harrington two fifty three. Yeah, I mean th- that's a big difference, right? I mean, well, compared to five ten. I feel like we pounds. we bring this up, and I want to bring it up again because it's just part of the conversation. Show me a six foot three nickel safety. Right. And then Justin Harrington. Well, no, no, I, I get of. that. And I'm going there. I get it. Um, because well, to say that you want longer, rangier corners is one thing, right? To say those guys will show up tomorrow and fix your defense is something else entirely. So that's true. On yep. the one hand, yeah, congratulations. You found a six foot three, 215 pound safety who was in a battle with, who you were in a battle with, Oklahoma State and North Carolina State to win. You also found a six foot two safety in Bryson Washington. Congratulations. You know, uh Jeremiah Cradell, I want to say is six feet. Yeah, he's six foot six one. Yeah, okay. So he, yeah. not necessarily I mean, he's about the same height as Darian Green Warren, but don't get me started about that again. 
I'm saying yeah. I'm saying it's one thing to say you got you got the size and the speed that you want at that position. I mean, nobody nobody wants to yell at Trey Brown. He's five ten. You know, no. uh, Parnell Motley's what five eleven, five eleven and a half. Yeah, I think he measures that almost six foot. Okay, I guess what I'm saying here is I agree with you that if you're a football player, you should be able to do different things, but there's also a ceiling to what you can be expected. Uh, yeah, to do. yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Yeah, I, that, there, there, you should be able to do different things, but being able to cover somebody that is six foot five, six foot seven is completely different unless you are Justin Harrington, Josh Eaton, Bryson Washington. But that's because they're six foot two, six foot three. I mean, there's a complete, those guys are rare. They're a rare commodity. Oklahoma, they're starting to get those guys, but guess what? They're rare. That's why they're fighting with the, the Alabamas of the world for Josh Wheaton, the Texas of the world. You know what I mean? Like Bryson Washington, OU Texas. That's a rare commodity. I mean, that type of stuff doesn't happen all the time. And when you can land those guys, like you said, congratulations. It also That's speaks to, you know, the the other part of this argument that I feel like we continue to just retread every single year. And frankly, I'm getting tired of it. Is well, why don't these wide receivers convert to playing defense back? That is so hard to do. <laughs> I mean, There's a reason why those guys are defensive. They're different. Well, I mean, it's not even that they're different. I I, I mean, I, that's a part of it, I believe. But I also. I think that all of this is a wash if your defense is decent and mm-hmm. we're, it's February and we're trying to fix the secondary as we, un, you know, what we're not yelling about the defensive line. Everybody expects the defensive line to just be good because you'll return LaRon Stokes. You will turn Jalen Redmond, Ronnie Perkins. When they're he good is last eligible, year. You know, so everybody just expects it. Stripling, uh, you get back uh, Hicks, you get the red shirt. I mean, and Losing you expect the, the linebacking core to be good, even as you are going to be breaking in a new will. And I'm yeah. putting Caleb Kelly in that conversation yeah. because uh, again, breaking in another, you're losing a first rounder in both those spots that you just named. People uh, need to let's let's wait them. on let's wait on the first round. Okay, potential. Okay, potential. Let me have potential in front sure. of that. You're losing a potential first rounder sure. in both those spots. People need to tamper the expectations for the defense. Well, no, I don't think they. Need- I even saw a guy, Ian Boyd said that OU's going to have the best linebacker core in the Big 12. Yeah, well, we would also throw Ian Boyd under the bus when he tells us that Texas is going to win the Big 12 championship. So, <laughs> it's true. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm past all of that, right? Because, like, one of the no, things that good, I'm tired of doing football. in talking I mean, about this stuff is retreading the same problems that OU in particular has had. Not being able to win the game against Clemson or an SEC team in the playoff, the class of the SEC, not being Trenches. able to fix your nickel safety situation. Um, Trenches. Yeah, I just, I'm just, I'm getting kind of fed up with it, you know. And they, this, they expect Perian Winfrey and Joshua Ellison to be these because they were the number one, number two, and they had SEC offers and all that stuff. They expect Oklahoma, they expect them to come in and just be. Great, like they're going well, to Alabama. You I know mean, what I mean? Like, when's the last time you heard from David Swaby? Uh, yeah, Finley I see Felix. Him on the sideline. I see him on the sideline. Yeah, same thing with Finley Felix. I'm saying yeah. that I get that folks get excited, and they should be. I want you to be excited for the kids, but you get excited about a junior college transfer that you think is going to fix the defense because that's how hope is done. But 
I also want to be clear-eyed about what is coming. And what is coming is not Minka Fitzpatrick. What is coming is not Christian Wilkins. You know, what is coming is help. And, and is help enough. To depth. Right. Well, and, and depth is competition. And competition, particularly at a time when you have Lincoln Riley peacocking, talking about we got younger and more talented. Yeah, okay, man. Like, the two dudes we, that are on this podcast right now are, are the biggest Levi Draper fans in the world. So don't don't yeah. tell me that Levi Draper couldn't help you in your scheme. You know, don't tell me that losing an athlete like Ryan Jones doesn't hurt. Don't tell me that losing a an outside linebacker who fits your rush in position to a T like Mark Jackson doesn't hurt you. I get what you were going to say in public, but you're also telling me that Chandler Morris was the only guy that you wanted in the 2020 class eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Last when that's flat-out not true. Yeah, Spencer Rattler, it, you were, we're not even, I mean, let me let me preface this by saying I think Chandler Morris is a really, really good quarterback. I watched him four times He's in high school. He's not Bryce Young, though, and that's okay. So I, I was going there. I was going exactly in that direction, but I was about to say, if Spencer Rattler's not at Oklahoma, guess where Bryce Young's at? He's at Oklahoma right now in that everybody in the country knows that Spencer Rattler is not at Oklahoma. Bryce Young is on campus right now in Norman. It that's, is. That's a fact. That's, that that's the, also, you and I know his dad to a tremendous weight. I think being placed on Rattler and to a degree Riley, because we're at a moment that is particularly interesting and insular to Oklahoma in that, we get to see what it looks like for Riley to have the time to develop a guy that he picked out of high school and then ride with him. We thought it was going to be Austin Kendall. He brought in Jalen Hurts. You know, Kyler Murray, he brought in to compete with uh, Mm -hmm. Robinson and whoever he was recruiting in 2018 at the time, I think Cam Rising. You know, Baker Mayfield was here when he got here. But Rattler also not just needs to win, he needs to outperform Bo Nix. Sam Howell, Jaden Daniels, and of course Bryce Young, because that is what you bet on. You bet yeah. on him not just being good; you bet on him being the best of two classes. Yeah. In a no, year no, okay. in which I'll remind people that Texas took two quarterbacks, and yeah. Casey Thompson, who many of us believe is a great quarterback, was also a part of a two quarterback class. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of room for trans- error here, even if you think that Tanner Mordecai can play we would all agree that Spencer Rattler's upside is larger than Tanner Mordecai's. Right. And okay. we would also agree that Bryce Young's 
upside is larger than Tanner Mordecai's. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's fascinating to know that Bryce Young went to USC before he went to Alabama, right? Or was going to go to USC before he went to Alabama. Mm -hmm. And you look at the other 2020 quarterbacks in the class, guys like DJ Uyunglele, right, who was up there with him as being one or two as the best quarterbacks. And that's a 5'10 quarterback that everybody was talking about. And I've I've heard Zach, Zach Poff told me this, Max Preps editor. He thinks he could be better than Kyler Murray as a, as a quarterback. And I'm going, you're going to make some people unhappy. But on the flip side, that's what Lincoln Riley passed on to get Spencer Rattler in the boat. Mm -hmm. So you're saying Rattler could be better than anybody else that Riley has coached. And that man has had three Heisman finalists and two Heisman winners and two number one overall draft picks. I'm just saying it's a lot of pressure on Spencer Rattler, even by normal Oklahoma football quarterback standards. Yeah. No, no. I, I, you gave me a lot to unpack there for just a <laughs> second. So, all right. Um, the Casey Thompson came rising. We're, we're going to go back to that and like Tanner Mordecai's at Oklahoma real quick because – I know this for a fact. Obviously, you know my relationship, who I work with, CBS Sports Radio, all that stuff, who my co-hosts, uh, that last hour I'm on. Um, everybody does. But uh, For those that don't anyways, know, walk it Charles out with Crayon. Yeah, it's Charles Thompson. It's Casey Thompson's dad. There you go. Okay, so I, I, I knew this when it happened. I wasn't allowed to report any of it, blah, blah, blah. During that time with the camerizing and the Casey Thompson situation – Casey Thompson was on the fence. Oklahoma, Casey Thompson was Oklahoma's number one quarterback by far. Cam Rising came in. He was offered after Casey, and he committed, and Casey wasn't ready. They even called. They even called Casey and said, hey, Cam Rising's going to come in and commit. We're not going to accept it if you'll commit. And Casey was honest with Coach Riley and said, hey, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready. Yeah, I, I, I probably will, but I'm not ready. So they went ahead and took Cam Risey because you have to take what you can get. It's a five-star quarterback. You know, it's a guy from the West Coast that you probably wouldn't have that opportunity. Now, obviously, Kyler Murray shows out, scares the living crap out of Cam Rising. He decommits. He goes, he watches Sam Ellinger play, and he goes, and that's not a knock on Sam Ellinger. It's just he's not linked Kyler Murray. And he goes to – Texas. Well, that was after Casey committed to Texas because Cam Rising was at Oklahoma at the time. So he goes down there. They talk him into running, you know, the offense that they ran at Ohio State. He's a perfect fit, all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, during that, uh, after Cam Rising decommitted, Casey almost flipped Oklahoma three times. <laughs> so it was very close, but, you know, it never happened. He stuck by, he stuck by his word, which you have to give the kid credit for that. That was very hard for him to do by the way, and Oklahoma ended up with Tanner Mordecai, who in turn had so many offers because he ended up carrying Waco Midway all the way to the state finals by himself. If you watch that game, he's all they had. They were garbage around him, and he carried them. I mean, he was ridiculous in high school, and he deserved the offer. He deserved all that. Having said all that, we're talking about Spencer Rattler. I can already tell you that everybody on campus down there, basically knows Spencer Rattler is the starter, and I would probably include Tanner Mordecai in that. I mean, it's a, it's pretty much an understanding that Spencer's the guy. Now, they're going to battle it out, but you and I both know, RJ, that battles are whatever. When you have a guy like a Baker, 
when you have a guy like a Kyler, you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, you have a guy like Spencer Rattler, they're going to be the starter. doesn't matter what the battle is. Those are your starters. And and you said something I thought was interesting about not having this quarterback. Well, I know that Baker was here when Riley got to Oklahoma, but y'all were, he tried to get him at East Carolina. So you could basically say that he chose him, I mean, for all intents and purposes. And he tried to recruit him out of high school too, if everybody remembers. So, I mean, it, it was one of those deals where – uh, he, he chose Baker. He just thought any, he, he luckily got to develop him for four years. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that was something Riley did. I think he developed Baker. If they're going to go back and say he developed one person, I mean, you could say he developed Kyler too. Cause he had him three years, right? He had three and he had four. I know they were transfers. I know they weren't out of high school, but they weren't the same player without Lincoln Riley. Is that fair to say? I'm thinking. I think it's fair to say. I also think winning the commitment and the signing out of high school. That, I, I, I agree. I agree. And I that's agree more that. the point that I was making. Like, yeah, okay, he recruited Baker, but Bill Bedenboe recruited Deontay Savage. <laughs> he was at OU when he got <laughs> here and he really wanted to have him. You know, like it sometimes yeah. it works out that way. And Deontay turned out to be pretty good for. Bill well, Bedenboe. I mean, but that's also Deontay was already projected to be pretty good. Yeah. Which is why true. Deontay picked Oklahoma. Right. Uh, Baker Mayfield said, no, I'm a power five quarterback. I'm not an East Carolina quarterback. I'm all sure. I'm saying, I, I think there's I think both arguments are correct. If does that make sense? No, no, no. I'm okay. with you on that. I, I got you. No, I'm, I got you. I get what you're saying and you get what I'm saying. That's right. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. No, um, I, I just think I just think overall Spencer does have a lot of pressure on him. But you would think he would be one of the one people, one quarterback, a few quarterbacks, I guess, would be the proper way to say it that can handle that pressure because he's just that type of dude. And I, I, I spoke to Spencer on numerous occasions during that, uh, our week down in Atlanta when we got the chance to, and he, he was so open about, uh, just how much Jalen hurts meant to him. I mean, he, he said it and, and I, I, it gets, it gets on my nerves when people blast Jalen hurts a lot. And I, I've got, in a debate with uh, the Prairie Report, you're going to get a shout out on the podcast. Say, bud, uh, we debated on this this past weekend about how he thinks, you know, Jalen Hurts is bad. He wasn't any good, blah blah blah. And I, I I've had multiple sources tell me that Jalen Hurts, they had to do things differently because he wasn't Baker and Kyler. That is 100% true. But they're not going to the playoffs without Jalen Hurts. Number one, number two. Um, there, the things that he laid in the foundation that he brought, and you and I have discussed this before, some of the stuff he brought from Alabama to Oklahoma, that type of stuff, and what he did in the maturation of Spencer Rattler will be seen, and this is straight up from a really good source. This is verbatim what they told me. You will not see what what Jalen meant to this program until two or three years down the line when people actually go back and reflect and see how much of a change it's actually made in Oklahoma's system. And that's I, that to I, me was very telling. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, know, you man. can add. The, the system is whatever the quarterback needs it to be, and that's how Riley no, no, has I'm built the system. No, I'm not talking about the system. I'm talking about the program system. Yeah, like, I mean, we could say the same thing about Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. <clears throat> it's quarterback. You're gonna have man, an imprint. But, yeah, if you don't have an imprint qu- as a quarterback, that means you're a crappy quarterback. 
But he brought in things that they weren't doing is what they're talking about. And, uh, and, that- and I'm saying that that's what you do, right? That's part mm-hmm. of it. If you're bring, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I'm not trying to bag on Jalen Hurts. I am saying that he did exactly what he was supposed to do short of win the playoff and, and win a national mm-hmm. championship game. That, I mean, can't really ask for much more than he was doing, and he played to the limits of his abilities. Yeah, I agree with that. I also am not going to cape for Jalen Hurts as being, you know, one of the best things to ever happen to Oklahoma or Spencer Rattler. He's the guy that oh, got I'm the job. Oh, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm not saying no. I'm, I'm not saying you are, right? But I, I see both sides of this argument, which is, you know, one, the guy wasn't a quarterback that you're used to having in Oklahoma. He was a different kind of quarterback, not a bad quarterback, just different. <laughs> and I'm not prepared to say that, oh, you wouldn't reach the heights that it did last year without Ooh. him. I'm saying that, I'm yeah, man, you can't prove a negative. I think Austin Kendall would have been a great fit for that that team last year. Given Ooh, the same that's tools. a hot take, man. Your OU fans are going to come after that one. <laughs> well, I mean, they usually do. <laughs> that's a hot take. And, and, and I'm supposed to be the homer, right? Um, that's a, no, that's a hot take, man. I mean, you can't just because of what everybody saw with Austin Kendall at West Virginia, they're gonna go, oh no, nah, I don't give Jalen Hurts so. the parts that Austin Kendall had. Tell me how many games he's gonna he's gonna win. Uh, I don't know. It ain't gonna it probably as many as Austin Kendall. I don't know. Well, I, well, well there you go. Then that's kind of the point. You don't know, uh, and and we don't know. We do know Jalen Hurts ran four six at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, that's what I said he was going to run. Uh, Jay, uh, okay, he's going to run at the Combine. I pray Joe Burrow runs at the Combine because I want my pizza. What? He already ran a 4-6. Jalen did, not Joe. Oh, no, okay, yeah, yeah. So we know what Jalen ran, and I said right. that's what he was going to run. And you, I, what I say, he would run a 4-8? Uh, no, I, we just, I just said Joe Burrow oh, would I said run it'd faster. Be faster. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Oof, man, you got, yeah, that's a, man, you, you better hope he runs a 4-5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. 4-5-9 will do it, buddy. 4-5-9 will do it. Yeah, right, right across, right across that line, huh? <laughs> so, uh, that's a good place to leave it. Wanted to be for, a, wanted to go for about a half an hour. And okay. we did that, and I think it's a good discussion. It's good to hear your voice again on the podcast, Brandon. Um, we'll talk yep. again pretty soon. Yep. All right, man. All right. Deuces.